From American Public Media, this is Top Score, an exploration of video game soundtracks. I'm Emily Reese. Flutist Laura Intravia started transcribing music from video games when she was 10 years old. She's managed to combine those passions for video game music and music in general ever since, and got her break playing in a cosplay talent show dressed as Link from The Legend of Zelda playing her flute. Eventually, Laura started touring with Video Games Live. Now she contributes to video game music as a writer, arranger, performer, and teacher. I saw you in Minneapolis in 2011. You oh, came with Video Games yes. Live. Yep. <laughs> yep. So very cool. And my goodness, you're just kind of a force of your own in the video game industry, <laughs> really. And you've really just kind of made your own way through this. How did you first start getting interested in video game music? Since I was a kid, actually, um, I remember starting to really notice the music when I was, I think, nine or ten. And um, it was at that point, this is, you know, the late 90s. So soundtracks weren't really popular yet and they weren't even really available. So um, my dad had, you know, I'd, I was already showing interest in music. I had started playing piano when I was seven and I was taking flute in public school and everything. And my dad thought I might like to try writing music. So he got me this really simple notation program. I was playing around with it. And I started when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I started to write out the music from the video games by ear. And I had no idea what I was doing. It was <laughs> completely trial and error. So I listened back to some of them. And I'm like, wow, that was really not at all what it sounded <laughs> like. But, uh, but some of them were quite close. So <laughs> and um, I still every now and then I'll transcribe music because I find it's an insanely useful tool for learning yes. about music is to, is to write it out, you know, and actually feel it coming out of your own hands. There's something really therapeutic and educational about that. And by the time I was 15, I started taking music theory in high school. And I had no idea that ear training was such a huge part of musicianship, but mm. I was I was really good at it. And it didn't hit me until I was in college and a teacher asked me because I was testing into all these upper level courses with ear training. They were like, so did you go to like a special school or something? And I was like, no, but I did write out music when I was 10. So <laughs> maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a fast way to learn your way around the scale, exactly, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> music theory in high school. How did that happen? My school didn't, it wasn't like a special art school or anything like that, but they did have a couple of courses. They had two music theory courses, and then they had a music history course that was, it was in conjunction with Long Island University, so it was actually for college credit. The uh, the music theory, it was funny, the same year that I started taking it, we had this big boom in talent at our, at our high school, so all of a sudden they were having this influx of kids taking music theory, and they actually, the year after I graduated, they added another course. They had so many kids sign up, so it was really fantastic. It was totally, you know, just happened to be the year when I was getting interested in music myself, but we had a really great class. And you start off with the basics. When I think back on it now, it's like, you know, learning all of the scales and things like that and reading in different clefs. But it was, uh, it really formed a huge core of my musicianship today. So it was a really fun class.
In a lot of ways, I think music theory enabled me, and I would imagine you too, to just kind of think outside the box of what you, I mean, you were a flute player, I was a trumpet player, so I just spent all my oh, life okay. in treble clef. Sure. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I could read other clefs because I was piano as well, but then you just kind of get this understanding of all of that through theory. I love it. Right. That's really cool. Yes. It took me a, a minute to get used to reading things in alto clef. I was okay at bass clef, you know, because I had been playing piano. But trying to do, especially uh, when I was taking conducting in um, in college, there was a big emphasis on being able to read the score, and I was it was so so not fun <laughs> to yeah. read in those clefs. <laughs> I still can't really do tenor very well, but <laughs> I'll get there eventually. If we just strip the orchestra of all the violas and bassoons, we should be fine, right? <laughs> Who needs those, right? I mean. <laughs> That middle voice. It's all about trumpet and flute. Exactly. Let's be honest. (laughs) Let's just stick with the melody. (laughs) Star Wars, all trumpet. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, Laura, how did, where did it go from there then? I mean, what happened first? Did video games live happen first? How did all this happen for you? When I was in school, in, in college, that was when I really started realizing that I wanted to be a well-rounded musician. Like, I couldn't pick one thing yeah. <laughs> that I enjoyed. Because I loved composing, but I loved performing. And I was even in college still playing flute from time to time. And I was just like, oh, I just can't pick. So um, Video Games Live, when it came along, that was my first really professional endeavor. During the summer, I would perform at anime conventions. <laughs> and, uh, and just for fun, you know, my friends got me into the whole cosplay scene and everything. It's fun. You dress up and people take pictures of you like what is not fun about that (laughs) so um, the first year I went to one of these anime conventions I saw that they had a talent show they had a couple of musical acts and I thought wouldn't it be fun if I did something that was flashy like super super impressive on the flute because these people are obviously amateurs and I think I could do something really really (laughs) crazy (laughs) so um, that's that's when I put together a little skit about uh, the character I cosplay Link sort of having a, a flute duel with his companion fairy and it was a big hit. it up on YouTube and it got really big. A lot of people watched it. And um, at the end of my um, senior year, Tommy Tallarico, the MC and CEO of the Video Games Live show, got in touch with me and he said he saw the video and he wanted to know if I would want to perform at any VGL shows. So, you know, of course, I'm ecstatic, wow. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so VGL was the first thing I ever uh, got started with and it was a lot of fun. A little bit about all the kinds of things that you do with VGL, though, because it's not just standing up there in your Link costume playing flute. You do a lot of things on stage. Can you tell me about some of those things? I, I think I got up to doing like I think 15 or 16 different segments with the show. I started off, you know, with just the Link act and just playing flute, and then um, at one of the first shows I did, they have a um, encore piece that it actually has a flute solo in it. So they said, oh, hey, you know, you should learn how to play that. And you could come out on the very last piece again and, you know, and perform for everybody. So that was the second thing we added. And then when we were going to Brazil, 
That was the first time I was ever out of the country. I was totally thrilled to be there. We got to the first show, and there was apparently some confusion over if anybody would sing a couple of vocal solos during the concert. And usually, I guess they asked somebody from the choir, but they weren't sure that anybody had gotten that memo and that anybody had learned it. <laughs> so, so I was in my dressing room just putting all my stuff out and getting my costume and everything, and I was just you know humming to myself. Mm-hmm. And Tommy all of a sudden just came rushing out of his room down the hallway, and he said, wait a minute, you sing, right? And I said, Yeah. (laughs) And he said, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. We have, you know, there's this solo in the God of War piece. So that day I learned it and I went up on stage and it was it was a short solo. So it wasn't like I, you know, had a tremendous amount of music to learn. But I just did it that night. And uh, for the rest of the tour, I was performing vocal solos as as well as the uh, instrumental solos. Then in 2012, I got myself a fancy new instrument called the electronic wind instrument. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially a a synthesizer woodwind. My dad had actually told me about them a few years ago and they sounded really cool. And we finally ordered one to see if I liked it, if I enjoyed playing it. And it is way too much fun to play. (laughs) (laughs) So so I I added that to my set list as well. So I I sing and I play flute and I occasionally play the iwi, as Mm -hmm. it's called. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a couple of times when I played piano for the show because there was a very difficult piano solo in one of the pieces and there was I think there was one occasion when the pianist also did not get that music so, oh, no. so I was like well here we go here goes nothing <laughs> that's so, uh, awesome yeah I really run the gamut <laughs> exactly it sounds like there's never a dull moment there for five years? The last shows I did with them were this time last year, and then I took a break from the touring and the traveling and stuff. But yeah, it was about four and a half years that I was with them, so it it was really intense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about some of the awards that you've gotten. A lot of the awards I won were actually for for a composition, ironically, which is not what I do so much these days anymore. I do a lot of arranging and, and orchestration and things like that. But I won a few awards for a vocal composition, which was really my forte when I was in school. It was something I really enjoyed. And uh, one of them I won was a um, the New York Treble Singers Women's Only Competition. And it was just open to female composers. And it was to arrange for a um, totally, you know, treble mm-hmm. women's choir. And the piece I had written for that was actually something that I wrote while I was in school and I ended up tweaking afterwards. And I had this poem floating around in my head that I had read by Sarah Teasdale and it all sort of just came together. You know, I was in the practice Mm -hmm. rooms thinking about it and I just started arranging this piece and Mm -hmm. uh, and I came in second place in that competition. So it was really cool to hear it performed by a professional women's group like that so Mm -hmm. that was really cool Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um the other award i am proud of is the jack downey prize which was for vocal composition and that's piece it was my very first vocal and piano piece i ever wrote so it was really special to have that be (laughs) be an an award winning (laughs) sure (laughs) first piece and um yeah so it's got a got a couple awards under the belt which is fun (laughs) tell me a little bit more about your relationship with Link. So you were a Zelda fan when you were a kid. Yes, I was an enormous Zelda fan. In fact, one of the very first 3D video games I ever saw was Ocarina of Time on the N64. And I remember seeing my brother play it. 
and it was just, I was gaping at the screen. At the time, the graphics were so colorful and vivid, and it yeah. was it was really incredible. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that drew me to the game the most, I think, was the soundtrack because I'd never heard anything so not necessarily melodic. A lot of the dungeon music was very atmospheric and motivic in nature, and it was very different from scores like Mega Man <laughs> that are high energy and, and catchy melody because that's what the games of that era required. So to hear something that was so the opposite of that and so almost avant-garde in a way was really special to me. And I always I always loved that game because you got to play as a child and as a, you know, a quote, adult. And, you know, the, the dynamic of that was it was you know, sort of this coming of age story in a way. And uh, when my friends were helping me pick what to dress up as for my first anime convention, I was like, well, I look like a little kid. So I guess I should do, <laughs> I guess I should do a child character. <laughs> oh, how funny. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked well, I think. <laughs> Let's talk for a moment about this music that you arranged of Austin Wintery's from Journey. That was one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on. It was a uh, I'm trying to remember how it got started. I think Alfred Music Publishing requested to have the music arranged. And at that time, I was in California um, working in Austin studio as his assistant. And he asked me, because I, I've arranged a lot of music before and I'm always transcribing and things like that, he asked me if I would be interested in doing it so that he could be really hands-on with it. You know, Because if you hand it off to another company, it's harder for you to get what your intention is into the arrangement itself. So it was really difficult because some of the music is, it's very atmospheric. So it was insanely difficult music to arrange. The nice thing was that, and this was like, oh my God, I can't believe I have this. It was that Austin <laughs> sent me the original tracks from the game. So it was this nine minute file of all of the dynamic elements that would go into a level so oh, I got cool. to hear it all separated you know cool. so it was, it was really cool and to be able to upload the MIDI file into my own sequencer and see how he composed each section was really interesting so it took me um well I started working on it and then there was a miscommunication with Alfred <laughs> and they said you know if we don't get the arrangements within a week the project will be dropped and <gasps> we were both like whoa we didn't know there was a deadline oh no <laughs> So I was arranging like 14 hours a day for about a week to get it all wow. done. <laughs> finally, finally made it just under the wire. And of course, Austin was a huge help the whole time. He was, you know, making suggestions to different bars about how to handle things and what he really intended and things like that. So it was uh, I was really proud of how it turned out. I, I learned a tremendous amount from <laughs> how to arrange that kind of music. So it was a really great experience.
And you just performed at the world premiere of Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions? Yes, that was ridiculously fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was totally random how I got involved, too. The arranger in charge, Chad Sider, had put up a Facebook post asking for anybody to recommend singers in the Washington, D.C. area, which I don't live in. I live in New York, but... I um, saw that I had been tagged in a, a few posts by different people, you know, saying like, oh, Lauren Trevor would be great. And I, and I had no idea what this was for. It just said, we're looking for a singer for our upcoming concert. So um, I investigated further and I saw it was, oh, it's for a Pokemon concert. This is kind of cool. And so I, I was like, well, I'm, I don't want to like beg, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this looks really awesome. So why don't I send him an email? So I sent him a Facebook message and I said, I've done a lot of this sort of performing, you know, on, on stage and performing as a soloist with orchestras. And if you need somebody, you know, I'd be happy to come down. I, I know you're looking for someone in the D.C. area, but I would be really happy to travel down and, and be a part of the show. And he wrote back right away. And I was blown away because he already knew who I was. And I wasn't expecting that at all. So he said, we're a big fan of your work and we'd love to have you. And that just happened a couple weeks ago. So I um, wow. they sent me the songs. And of course, it's got to catch them all the theme song from the original uh, first season of the TV show. <laughs> so that was, it was very I was not a um, I wasn't really a Pokemon fan when I was younger, but through hearing the music through uh, video games live and things like mm-hmm. that, it's super catchy. And the arrangements were just fantastic. Like they really did a knockout job of making Pokemon, you know, essentially like a sort of an innocent childlike game into a really incredible symphonic experience. And I, and the team was great to work with. And the audience acquitted themselves well singing along. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so will you perform with them anymore? Or was it just a one-off kind of thing? There's a Philadelphia show on their calendar, so hopefully that will be coming up soon. And then they're going to see if they can get some more dates for the show. So I I hope to be performing with them more because it really was a great time. So do you do a lot of teaching via Skype? I do. I, I started um, I started teaching two years ago. I had done a couple of workshops at summer camps and things like that and assisting at a summer band. And so I, I had some teaching experience under my belt. But um, somebody actually got in touch because I had the blog about music theory and things like that. They got in touch and they said, I really want to learn how to, how to study music and I really want to learn how to write. And it was so such a you know, nice surprise. I was like, oh, well, I guess I could try to teach, you know, composition. Like I never gave it much thought before. I always think of myself as a, you know, an instrumental teacher. As I was teaching more and more, as I was doing more lessons with the student, I was like, this is really fun. I really, I really do love educating. I put up a little, you know, advertisement on my website if anyone was interested. And now I've had, I think, 15 students. So it, it's really rewarding because each student gets in touch with me. You know, it's not their parents calling me. This 
person wants mm-hmm. lessons for themselves. So they're super dedicated and, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of the students I think have a good time. So I, I try, I try to make it fun <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> for them. That's excellent. Well, what else is on your plate right now? What other kinds of projects are you working on that you'd like to talk about? When I uh, took a break from touring last year, I did it because I really wanted to focus on recording more for actual video game soundtracks and, and getting mm-hmm. involved with you know new original music. And because I play a lot of different instruments, a lot of composers would love to have live instruments for their soundtrack. Nobody likes working out of the box, I don't think. So having a live flute player is way more fun than trying to program something to sound live. getting calls to do that for different fan albums, just fun projects that people put together of arranged music and stuff like that. A lot of the time, it's more than just performing. It's almost like composing because they'll tell me, like, I need a counter melody here, you know, come up with something. And I'll do, like, you know, three or four different options and send it to them. And it's super fun. And I, I never gave it much thought before, but it's been really gathering steam. So I've been reaching out to more composers and saying, hey, if you need anything, I play a lot of different instruments and I can record myself. I have the capability. I have a little studio that I can do a professional recording in. So I recorded for a couple of games. I did um, all of the re-recorded tracks for a game called Dragon Veil. And um, I did recording for, uh, actually for the Journey piano album that I arranged, they also recorded that with live piano. So I sang vocals for that. And uh, Lately, I've been recording for a couple of different things. My biggest new project that's coming out is a Super Smash Brothers fan album. Fun. Yeah, it's huge. It has, I think the ending total was 60 musicians and 90 tracks. Like it's, Whoa. Yeah, it's one of the biggest fan albums ever made as far as I know. So that was a lot of fun. I got to collaborate with a lot of different musicians. I sang and played for a couple of different tracks, and then I put together two of my own. One was a Zelda track that I, I, I really enjoyed. I got to record with my boyfriend and he played guitar and I played flute and it was totally acoustic, which was really fun. The other track is this totally the opposite. It's this cracked out crazy, <laughs> <laughs> crazy electronic arrangement that features the EUE, which I've really wanted to do for a long time. And so I'm really looking forward to everybody hearing that. And I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of the tracks myself because it was such an enormous endeavor. The release date is sometime in the fall. They, because it's a fan run project, People are really wary of putting out official dates, but um, Darren, who's in charge of the project, has been keeping everything really tight to the schedule and everything. So sometime this fall, it should be coming out. such a pleasure to talk with you and like I said I've known about you for a long time and I'm glad we finally uh, got something to work out I look forward to having you on on top score yeah thank you so much for doing this it was, it was such a pleasure to meet you also and uh, yeah thank you thank you so much for getting in touch this is a real honor
been listening to Top Score. I'm Emily Reese. Extended episodes of Top Score are now part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. Check out some of our other programs like A Tiny Sense of Accomplishment with Sherman Alexie and Jess Walter or Home Dunk with John Moe at infiniteguest.org. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. Top Score's production assistant and all-around swell guy and hard worker is Pierce Huxtable. That's Top Score from American Public Media. I'm Emily Reese. <laughs>